0: You're listening to Well Blacksys, the podcast that helps you put your wellness first. Learn how black women like you are putting their wellness first in their lives and striving mentally, emotionally, financially, and physically every day. I'm your host, Marnie Painter, which you can call me Mel. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to the Well Blacksys podcast. I have a really exciting episode today. everyone, we are back with another episode of the Well Blacks podcast, and on today's episode we are talking to Brianna Lackwood, a young gen Z who was recently diagnosed with diabetes one and is here to bring awareness to her disease and share her story. okay, so we, welcome, Brianna. welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing well. what about you i've been I'm very psyched got some really good news today so Girl is moving on up to the is this the west side west side, yeah. What yeah, I'ma tell you I'll tell you about that offline. Okay, all right, fine, fair. So back to why we're really here. I'm very familiar with your story, so I want you kind of start, give us a little backstory on why you're here to share about your diagnosis on diabetes one, like what was happening.
1: Um. So, I the main reason that I'm here to share my story, which is not necessarily a, new, a unique story because so many people have diabetes, but um, that doesn't mean that it shouldn't be shared. Is because like a lot, not a lot of people know the ins and outs of type one diabetes, and a lot of people know what. Uh, diabetes is in general. And that is a diabetes that's associated to the commonly known type two. And not a lot of people know the different um, variations of it. Like it's not just type one or type two. There's also diabetes that you can get from a range of different, um, I guess, dysfunctions that happen in your body. And I particularly have type one, which Uh, For a lot of people who are diagnosed with type 1 can go undiagnosed for a very long time because it it can come out of nowhere without any explanation, without any genetic detection or anything like that. And I know for me, um, the people that I associate with the disease don't look like me. The people that I see advocating for it or raising awareness about it don't look like me. Um, And that doesn't mean that I can't get inspiration from people that don't look like me. But it is great to find a community of people of color, Black people, particularly, Mm -hmm. um, who live every day with type one. And that's why I want to share it.
0: Okay. Thank you very much for um, agreeing to do this, because I know it must not be easy. So just for a little bit of uh, education for the people that may be listening. Mm-hmm. Diabetes 1 is,
1: it, is hereditary, is mm-hmm. correct? So it is either hereditary um, or caused by some uh some chance, some change or chance in your in the environment just triggers it. Um so you can literally have no immediate relatives that have type one. And then one day you just start experiencing symptoms of it, which, which is what happened to me, which is why a lot of people in my family were shocked. So how right, happened,
0: our side of the family doesn't have diabetes? Um, so we were like, where is this coming from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was happening with you that led up to the diagnosis? Take us back.
1: So because I have the privilege of hindsight, um, I can, like rewind and kind of detect where things started off. Um, and it has, it probably started in December of 2020, which I can probably say was when I started to feel the symptoms. Now, who knows if my insulin count was depleting for months before then, but mm-hmm. in hindsight, I think that's when it started because that's when I got my first symptom or, or, that's when I was able to to kind of physically feel it Mm -hmm. I had a yeast infection and I had never had a yeast infection before it just Mm -hmm. came so suddenly Mm -hmm. um and it was I was itching for days I was like what is this um did I, did I wipe myself with something dirty did I sit somewhere dirty? And I'm just like, no, like you literally, you've worked in, envi- you've worked in environments that were, um, that probably could have susse- made you susceptible to this before, but this has never happened to you. So like, where did this come from? Sorry for the noise. I'm just gonna, that's my, that's my, um, continuous glucose monitor. And I just need okay. to keep by my side. So no problem. That was my first um, symptom of it. And I thought oh, it was just a yeast infection. I went to the clinic maybe uh, a week or two weeks or the next month because I thought maybe it would go away in a week. Never went away. I got treated for a yeast infection. Um, then, um, okay, I took the little pill, went away for a little bit, came back within a, a couple of days. Right. And I was like, this was around the holidays. So, mind you, I'm eating all the carbs in the world. Right. Not knowing, not, good. <laughs> not really knowing that this was probably accelerating the bacterial growth inside of my vaginal area um, because that one, that's you're more susceptible to yeast infections or bacterial infections when you have type one if you're, if your um, blood sugar aren't controlled. So, mm. It came back and I was thinking, oh, maybe it came back because of my period that was coming on. Um, and I read that like, oh, that can happen sometimes. It's triggered by that. So I was like, OK, went to the pharmacy, picked up the little, um, I'm not even going to pr- try to pronounce it, metaconazone is to treat uh, to treat the yeast infections, paid a good forty dollars for that a couple of times because I didn't know what was going on. Obviously, that didn't last too long, but I spent the entire school year continuously applying that because I thought that that was going to help society. And then I had and then I probably figured like, yo, something wrong is going on because this is not going mm-hmm. away. Symptom two, second semester of my senior year, we're now in 2021, transitioning from December 2020, when I first started to feel some things going on mm-hmm. where, was it December? Yeah. I'm, I'm i'm on campus college campus um and i'm losing a lot of weight the weight, Yeah. remember yeah
0: the ways- let me just let me just say here for those of you who listen brown is my niece and she we were looking at her and she's vegan she eats very very well putting us the rest of the family to shame and for some reason we were looking at her and thinking brown i need to eat a whole lot of food what's going on we, we actually thought that we were taking the vegan lifestyle too far mm-hmm. and we were like maybe she need to come back home and eat some carbs like get some <laughs> roti for her and some you know get her fattened up a little bit because mm-hmm. I was like where, is, where are we going with this like this vegan lifestyle is great but if you you know losing this much weight like and it was happening very slow at first but then it
1: started to be mm-hmm. rounded right Yeah. 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 So I started to lose weight. And one of my close friends at school, she was like, I don't know if she brought it up or I brought it up, but it didn't feel like an awkward interaction because I had been looking at my body and noticing it for some time. She was like, she was like, um, no, I was like, yeah, I need to start eating some more. I noticed that I I've like been losing weight and my friend was like, yeah, I want to bring that up to you too. I mean, I love the little slim thick you got going on and your, your little, your cute cheekbones are coming out, but I noticed that you did lose weight. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I need to just, maybe I'm just not eating enough. Mm-hmm. And knowing me, like I like to cook. I, I don't have it active right now, but I have like, I have a food page um, and I cooked a lot. Right. And I ate, sufficient portions because I go to the I went to the gym practically every day and I used to rent run like six miles a week. Um so knowing that I was losing the weight and that I would probably like me to I thought I had to eat more, I stopped going to the gym as frequently down the line. Um yeah, I stopped going to the gym as frequently down the line, maybe starting in the summer. Um and by the summer I I just kept losing weight. Mm-hmm. I was... Um,
0: that, Did you that, also lose
1: energy? Oh, for sure. So we're going to get to that. So okay. uh, let's rewind a little bit, though, because we're still in school.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I was losing weight. That's the second sign that I was mm-hmm. not aware of what was happening to me physically. Mm-hmm. Also real thirsty. I remember I would go to sleep and I would always have a water bottle beside me because I was like, wake I was sorry I'm not even gonna lie I just ate some um I ate some roti and that's probably why my thing is going crazy right now <laughs> but Life. I've been good all week and it's about balance so mm. um, yeah so anyway I I was always thirsty I kept a uh 32 ounce bottle of water a thick mm-hmm. bottle of water next to me at before I was going to sleep and I would wake up, drink the water in its entirety, go fill it up, go use the bathroom, go back to sleep, wake up to pee again and drink more water. And that wow. would happen several times throughout the night. And even like living with my partner and I have and I, I was undiagnosed, I would be drinking everything out in the fridge, getting them, oh. up bed, waking up to chug water and pee, chug water, and pee, and I couldn't explain what was going on. I just felt so thirsty, and I felt bad that I was always drinking, <laughs> drinking all this stuff and my stuff and then ordering more stuff to drink, and I lost my appetite for water, loved water, but I started craving the sugary stuff. I was drinking sugary drinks more than I ever really used to, wow. like soda, like mainly particularly ginger ale, because that's really what I'm on. Ginger ale, like ice sweetened iced tea, all that. Mm. And like I mentioned, the peeing was another thing because mm. um, when you're drinking those sugary things, uh, I, I don't know all the scientific terms for it, but with type one, um, you have, you, when you take the like the ac- excess of the sugar, something toxic mm. happens in your blood and you put, you have to push it out um, through your urine or Please I, ha- I know I have type 1, but I don't know everything in the book about it. I'm not a doctor, okay or, or like, <laughs> you know? So I'm saying what I pieced together from my Google searches. So that's why I was peeing crazily and I'm not talking my little psh, I'm talking
0: psh. right
1: Force the most forceful peas I've ever had in my life and i used to feel so embarrassed peeing like when i would be about being by my friend's place because i am like don't listen to me pee <laughs> it would be like mmm, and everything like that I'm like i couldn't really help it because it was coming out with such it was f- just flush it out yeah. and it, w- it didn't matter like what i was drinking or if i didn't drink at all because because it it wasn't just carrying the liquids that i was drinking so that's that's the third common sign that I not only I experienced, but is common with everyone. Ooh. Then we have fatigue. Ooh. Looking back at it, I was taking the most naps in that um, semester and um, that summer, we're talking summer of 2021, um, spring slash winter 2021, and I didn't know how to explain it. I felt like miserable. When I would wake up from my naps, I feel the urge to always shut down and sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I and it wasn't because I, I don't think I was ever naturally tired. I just think well, I guess it wasn't actually because of my body, but my body right. was so exhausted. Like I'm mm. talking eyes can't even stay closed like squinting like this and my friends would always be like Brianna like why are you squinting what is that about and i would be like I don't know I'm just tired and I'm just sitting there like this on the couch like I just never knew how to explain it Mm. so so the the fatigue was another thing and it was extreme fatigue
0: Mm. well you know senior year could also do that to you
1: Right. So, so I didn't, I didn't think about it then, but in the summer, it was really crazy. Like I would be walking and then I would just feel overcome or I would feel like I was entrapped in like a, like a a bubble of nothing. I don't even know, like separate from the world. Mm -hmm. And, and I would just be walking and everyone else is passing me. And I'm just like, (laughs) why are y'all walking so fast? y'all know me I'm slugging along dragging feet and everything Mm -hmm. so that was another thing no energy shortness of breath rapid heartbeat um sometimes I would be sitting and my heart would just be and I'll be like yo do you come feel my heart do you feel that I don't know if, if I was like in my head but I would just be like what's going on. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even, I used to sit on the floor and like hate having to get up off the floor because I would feel exhausted lifting myself up off the floor. Mm -hmm. It was, it was very intense. Um, But those are the main things. And it got to the, it got to the point where it was also affecting my vision. Mm -hmm. I would be tired, constantly thirsty, and then on top of that, when I'm blinking, I'm seeing black dots everywhere. Ooh. Yeah. So I thought I'm exhausted. I And I used to just tell him, yeah, I'm a grandma. I don't go out, nothing like that. I'm just tired.
0: So you up to this point, you haven't gone to the doctor about these particular things?
1: Mm-mm, see me, I was like, yeah, I just need to eat more. Mm-hmm. But then I couldn't explain the fatigue. I couldn't right. explain. In the rapid heartbeat. I couldn't explain the, the, um, the dry mouth that would be, that would literally mm. peel whenever I would like try to gargle gar- gar- gasoline, Vaseline, or drink anything acidic. My mouth, the skin in my mouth would be peeling. I developed these like bumps, like of these bumps around my like stomach region. And I like, it's like the body was forcing things out. And mm-hmm. I was like, almost like a pimple, but it was harder. So I was like, I couldn't explain that either. So at a point I was like, yeah, it's time to go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. It's not a matter of natural weight loss. Something's wrong. Mm -hmm. And it took months, a year, a year and months even to get up and like take control of that. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I wasn't aware of my health, Because many occasions I was telling people around me and myself, like, something's going on. Mm -hmm. Pushing that to the back burner because I was like, me? Like, I've always been healthy. I just need to get over this hump and, like, take control of my life. Not knowing that my body was fighting me, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what
0: it does. I'm reading this book now called um, The Body Keeps the Score. Mm -hmm. And um, it's really a book by a, a therapist who was treating um, ex-soldiers from the Vietnam War with PTSD. But in the book, he really talks about how your body holds and remembers things. And even with my fibromyalgia um, diagnosis that I had last summer, my, like you, my body started adapting to whatever. So when you talk about your fatigue and bumps coming out, your your what bodies do is that if you you if you are doing whether you're doing good things or bad things the body adapts to that so it will start fighting you in the beginning but if you continue doing whatever you're doing the body will just adapt right and after a while it'll seem like normal but it isn't normal and that's what bodies do so it it really keeps the score it keeps the score of whatever you are doing mm-hmm. so we have to pay particular attention which is one of the things I think for the Black community, we have to we have to particularly pay more attention because we are so susceptible and we are so marginalized when it comes to getting treatment. Mm. Um, and then who we go to treatment for may not always understand our culture, um, mm-hmm. where we come from, our heritage. So they're not versed in how to treat us particularly. And that is also a disadvantage that we have to pay particular attention to.
1: Yes. So
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, regardless of what I was trying to do, like, mm-hmm. you're tired, a that, you're losing weight, eat, mm-hmm. like, that doesn't work with type one, you have to, <laughs> like, there's no way to combat it by natural, by like, yourself, you need, right. regardless of what people may tell you, mm-hmm. like, reverse diabetes, look, that's not a thing, mm-hmm. if, if, Pancreatic surgery was a thing, okay, but it's not. <laughs> right. I don't believe it's safe for me. Um, yeah, the, my body—it was running out of insulin. There was nothing for me to do. Mm. No amount of sleep, water, food could fix that because those things were inevit- inevitably making it worse.
0: So, once you were diagnosed, what what what's changed?
1: Um, since I've been diagnosed, I've definitely had to, well, mentally, I definitely had to think about things more carefully, more carefully. Ooh. Um, because it, it takes a toll on your mental, not just your physical well being, which I'm gonna get it later or in a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I was definitely thinking, like, in the beginning, it was, it was a constant, like, I guess ramming, like racking of my brain of how to get over like the 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 slump that I was in of my mm-hmm. during, during my like initial stages of my diagnosis because I couldn't deal with it i on like realistically speaking, nobody wants type one diabetes, no one wants right. diseases no one wants ailments in their bodies we just have to live with it and I guess that's just how the human form is even the people that we think are perfect physically have probably have something going on Mm -hmm. and I'm not trying to say that to make myself feel better I'm just saying that from my perspective because I'm not perfect but I thought that the path that I was leading on like diabetes was not something that I could have ever um guess that I would have wow. in a years, but things happen. The human form is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to kind of think about like, how am I going to change the way I think about my eating, the way I think about myself, mm-hmm. the way I think about like showing up physically, being in public, um, addressing my situation because there's nothing I can do to hide it. And it is what it is. So It was hard at first, but if people don't know I have diabetes, they know now because there's no need to hide it. And I'm gonna be vocal about it always, and I'm always okay to talk about it. So yeah. So the physical, physical is a little different. So I lost a lot of weight. And then I (laughs) not even kidding. I was like, I was like 2020, I was Around 160 ish, balancing between 150 and 160. Then I lost, I dropped down to 14, 15, 16, 18. That's a lot of weight. So I had exactly. Look, I look back on photos like, yo, did I not really realize what was going on? I thought I was skinny, but I ain't was that skinny. (laughs) You're trying to be model skinny. (laughs) Right. So Nothing wrong with being that weight, but, um, it was, it was drastic for me because it happened so rapidly and it wasn't caused by anything that I was doing on the outside. So, yeah. So the physical part in terms of the weight gain, well, I just said it, I gained weight back within a short period of time. So I guess that's a plus, but it's also like, dang time to like, well, I've been hitting the gym back now. So like, that's good. That's good. Cause I, cause I, I was always, always a gym girl for, mm-hmm. for a long time. So, we know, <laughs> yeah. And I had to stop. So I was happy to get back and have the energy and feel great about it. The other side of the physical thing is like, I guess having to constantly, uh, what's the word? Soothe myself whenever I'm in pain from injections because I have to take insulin through needles um, or like having to always wear my continuous glucose monitor in my arm, which isn't a problem anymore. Like it's whatever. But that's just the physical um, aspects of this. I also had um, swollen, swollen um, legs for a minute my ankles and my feet used to swell up. Mm. My vision was blurry for a while. And this is why I have these little, little cheapy little glasses now that covered by <laughs> my insurance because my vision, <laughs> I mean my vision is okay, but mm. I was experiencing some slight blur because once you're in diabetic ketoacidosis, which I was in for a minute, acidosis, yeah, which I was in for a minute, um your vision is um gets a little bit readjusted once you get out of it. Cause you were under it for a while. So that's another thing I mentioned um, the swelling of my feet. That was so painful, but I, one day I just woke up and it was gone. So I was like, hallelujah. Um, that's good.
0: I think it, about, before you continue, I think about people that I see in wheelchairs with swollen feet. And I always think you must have, I don't know what they have, but now I'm thinking they must have diabetes, but, but it's a, uh, it's a huge lifestyle change so the 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 head adjustment from your normal life what your new life to be mm-hmm. as normal to now having to do all these checks and balances mm-hmm. is a 180 degree turn and that I have I can't even explain what that is
1: yeah it's a yeah. lot like we yeah, are like all oh, thinking yeah how many carbs is in this Honestly, I used to be so like heavy on counting carbs because I didn't want to mess up, but now I just like approximate, approximate because right. my, I don't have time to 1, 2, 3, four, 5. And that's why it's so good with um, diabetics to kind of eat like like mm. a consistent uh, set amount of carbs because then you don't have to keep counting every time or like you right. rotate your meals, but you know, you wager off sometimes and you eat things that aren't usually uh in your little schedule which is mm-hmm. fun. you just like correct you take your carbs and correct it afterwards um yeah so that's the biggest thing for me is like thank you so you
0: can't eat normal you have to actually plan
1: ahead is, is what you're saying oh i definitely eat normal oh like, okay but but you know depending on how we define normal but I do also plan ahead as well um Mm -hmm. but that you that really happened more more in like the beginning because and I'm still I'm fairly new diagnosed in December had it probably for a year or or some months but Mm -hmm. I'm like planning stuff out ahead I'm like whatever you know now like from the basics in the beginning a handful of Grains or whatever, that's going to be like, or one fourth cup is going to be like about 15 carbs. So maybe eat that or a little less or do whatever you want and just take your amount of insulin that's going to cover those carbs. Right. Okay. Exactly. Or like um, make sure sh- or like, oh, yeah, you want to you want to be careful with how much carbs you've been eating lately. Your average your average blood sugar has been high, like. Mm do your proteins and your fats more than you're doing um, the starch and the carbs or the starchy veggies because that's going to really spike your sugars. Whatever, I'm talking from experience because I'm on that trip of correcting myself right now. I, have to I, be I, I was
0: just going to say to you that I just learned that, And I'm, first of all, we know nutrition. We've been taught nutrition on some level -hmm. And because we be counting calories all the time and trying to be cute and you know keep your weight intact, I keep thinking that we should know what we should be having. And for me, when I this autoimmune disease, I realized I started intermittent fasting Mm -hmm. so that I can control my eating during a particular set of hours. But I realized that I had to eat more protein and fats over Mm -hmm. carbs in order to. Guess what happened? My blood sugar controlled. That's great. Boom, like easily. I am eating less. I'm eating because I'm eating within a parameter of time. Mm -hmm. I eat only within that time. So I have about 14 to 16 hours with no food. Guess what I'm doing? More, drinking more water.
1: That's great. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah.
0: And I was thinking to myself, it wasn't this easy the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, Four decades of my life, like, was it this easy the entire time? Because nobody sat with me and said, do this and this and this and this. I'm crazy. So for those of you all who are listening right now, please, if you have any little disease, I mean, of course, contact your doctors because we are not Mm -hmm. professionals. We can just tell you what our experience is. And my experience with my body. And then I learned that everybody's body is different. So the way your body would react to something, my body probably will react totally different. So mm-hmm. we have to find us, which is the other reason why our care takers have to also be familiar with us. So mm-hmm. whoever you go to for care needs to be familiar with us. They can't be from somewhere else. I'm trying to treat a Caribbean girl because a Caribbean girl is coming from a different set of eating foods, environment, growing up on different things. Exactly. So... You know, we have to be play particular attention to those mm. things and ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Look how long it took for you, even though you were seeing signs of change. We always think it's something else. The diagnosing of ourselves mm. is not something that we need to continue. We need to stop it right now. It's, the minute it... something happens, because I'm I'm very guilty of doing it. I've done mm. it all my life. Yeah. You know, up up until now.
1: Yeah, I've. I'm a I'm a I became like a self-diagnosis queen after that. <laughs> I thought I had kidney disease. I thought if I had acute liver failure or acute kidney disease, I thought mm-hmm. I had to go on dialysis because I was trying to find all the answers that to all the answers to why my feet were swelling, why I had these little bumps on my body, um, as opposed to like just getting it checked out. But the thing with that was I also became a hypochondriac because I felt like with my diagnosis, now everything's going downhill from here. Um, and another funny story, not funny, because it's not funny at all.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Another story with like, like knowing like kind of trusting yourself enough to be vulnerable enough to seek mm. help. Um, when I put myself in that position and I went to seek a doc, seek out a doctor, it wasn't the best experience. Right. So that's kind of right. why like, yeah. a lot of us are jaded by um, the health administration. Um, however, we came in contact with it. Cause mm. even though I did see a black doctor, I wasn't taken seriously because it was a clinic. Mm -hmm.
0: And
1: I think at the clinic, it's just about moving things along very quickly.
0: Like Get you
1: in, get you out. Yep. Mm -hmm. Just not really attending to patients in the manner that you should be. So it's, it's like when I, when I got my blood drawn to figure out what was going on with me, doctor wasn't even trying to listen to me explain what was going on with my body. Um, Just, yeah. Get your blood work drawn Monday, come back didn't even call me to tell me what was going on. I had to to like, immediately your doctor should call you when, once your results are back. I had to like wait. I didn't, cause I didn't know what was going on. So I didn't think I need to call to figure out anything. Um, and then the doc, the other doctor I saw in that same space misdiagnosed me with type two. Um, Mm -hmm. so there's that. So that's another thing that could have Jade in my experience, but I mm-hmm. knew that because I had something serious going on with me. I couldn't just like let that mess, let that kind of mess with my mental mm-hmm. and then take things into my own hands.
0: So what's like a typical day for Brianna when you get up? Like what does that look like?
1: So similar to you, like recently I've found that I don't really eat in the morning. Mm-hmm. And it kind of sparked when I was like, like, are you hungry right now? And I know, like, there's so many different um, different studies that say, like, you should put something in your stomach a few hours mm-hmm. after you wake up because it helps with your metabolism. But look, I'm regular. OK, so we don't need to, like, put <laughs> here. So right. wake up. Usually I wake up um, around... Six, but I don't get out of bed until eight because I'm like eight, like seven thirty ish because I'm sleeping. Mm. I'm sleeping and I'm up. Um, Then I I work from home, so that starts at eight o'clock, nine o'clock ish. You know, Um, like walking around the kitchen making like tea or something, and that's usually fine for me because my I'm not feeling like I need to eat anything. Mm -hmm. Usually, I'm like, oh, let me make some eggs really quick. But that, but now I'm realizing I can only I will do that if I work out in the morning, but I've found that I've been working out a lot more in the evenings okay um then, depending on my workload, I eat lunch around like two latest is like four, but mm-hmm. that's yeah, that happens, mm-hmm. and throughout the day, I'm always checking my blood sugar and correcting it whenever it's above the level that I want it mm-hmm. to be. um. Then I go to the gym around seven or six for about an hour and a few minutes or a little bit under an hour. Come back, maybe eat something light or like a little protein snack afterwards, like some yogurt or something. Mm -hmm. And the day is simple. It's so simple.
0: So you literally only have like two meals a day based on when you start eating?
1: Yeah. Recently for the real recently. Okay. The week. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's been, it's been two meals and I'm fine. I don't feel like I'm going to, when my body is like rumble, rumble, my stomach is like bubbling up. All right. I'm like, Brianna, you need to eat. But then like, that's fine because that's me to my body, you know? And if I find that I need to eat to be, to feel energy then I will eat something but I'm not usually I found that like I've been fine I don't know like I felt like I need to eat a lot in the morning or just whatever but sometimes I do sometimes I right. do. sorry yeah
0: because you you know I believe in giving the body what it needs so if you mm-hmm. like this morning I know I ate early because I had to I had a doctor's appointment and I would have mm-hmm. a break because I have to not eat two hours before I get to the doctor so I had like a four hour of no eating in the middle of the day when I should be eating. So, you know, you have to kind of, but I, you know, Auntie Joy and I used to say food is distracting because when, if, if when we were fasting, it was just like, we had more energy. The brain was sharper. I think food would, really, like clouds you sometimes. And then there's what you eat. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of about what you eat. So, like I said, like I was saying earlier, more proteins, more fats, your body recovers faster from it. So
1: yeah, that's true. I can't do a lot of the excessive um carbs, which has to do with like your root vegetables, certain certain um things like corn, potatoes, plant mm-hmm. and stuff that I used to really like eating. <laughs> <Yeah>, I know. <laughs> the, buttons, the the flour, the mm. white flour, the, the sugar, I have to get a lot of alternatives to things like doing stevia and almond flour, or coconut flour, and strictly unsweetened almond milk, things like that, that those little switches that kind of um, give me a peace of mind. But obviously, mm. I have to about it for a minute um they give me a peace of mind knowing that I can enjoy the things I like um maybe not everything or maybe some things in small doses so yeah and also having majority of my meals sometimes be vegetables or an alternative like switching out like brioche for like a whole wheat wrap right. and then half of the wrap as opposed to all of the wrap because yeah. now consider like the calories not really knowing but knowing that Old Brianna would have the whole wrap, but right now kind of needs to not eat the whole wrap because it's so good. Oh, not that it's so good, it's so good. It's <laughs> bacon, the chicken, all that, but yeah.
0: So do you have to take injections for your insulin? There's no other way that's a simpler way to live life. So You'll find out too.
1: Yeah, it's so archaic. Um mm-hmm there are insulin pens and there are, um, insulin pumps. I'll get into both. So the insulin pen, my insurance doesn't cover it. It's like a couple hundred, every pen, every like set of pens. Like I think at mm. a couple hundred, like 200 or so. And I'm just like, I'm not going to go $200 out of pocket. Fine. It, if, if I have to suck it up and use a needle, that's okay. I get covered for the, um, insulin pumps which is they're cool but there's a newer one coming out um it's tubeless they have a tubeless one already out on the market but I want the newer one because why not I <laughs> right. heard that something switching over from the older version to the newer version may cause some like there might be some hiccups there and if there aren't then I, I just want to be preventative and just suede it out right the one with the tube that's a little bit more advanced but it has a tube, and I don't really think they were created to kind of. were I don't think they were created in mind. Oof, they were created with people who like to wear tight things or wear dresses in mind. Oh. So, I'm just like, this is not conducive to me. I don't want to be playing what's that game, Twister, trying to figure out where to put <laughs> this device with the yeah, tube
0: comes swinging,
1: right? Swinging that around. <laughs> not cracking jokes on anyone that has it because kudos to you but i would prefer that if it were cordless right so that's where i'm at now yeah the, the injections are annoying sometimes well, oh, I gotta get up and take an injection as opposed to typing something in my phone and then the mm-hmm. ice administers it but i'll hold off for now so
0: okay so we gotta work on it's what I would love for our community for us to be able to have these handy things that people need and not have to stick yourself. I can't I can't even imagine what sticking yourself all the time would be like. I wouldn't do it. I've tried I've, I try to do that to get a little blood to do something. Then girl is like, why won't the blood come
1: out? Come on. And I'd be crying because I'm like, I'm gonna damage myself. Like it's a whole thing. So yeah. Yeah, when I didn't have my continuous glucose monitor to have my blood sugar readings, like instantly, I used to have Mm. to use a glucometer, which is a glucose monitor, um, to prick my fingers and push out the blood every time I ate or every time I wanted to check up after eating, which is two hours or every time I wanted to snack. Mm. And I tell you, the tips of my fingers were purple and like ridden riddled with like injection sites and I'll mm. have to change but I'm so glad that I'm not doing that anymore. I do it from time to time just because the Google's monitor isn't the isn't as accurate blood, mm. but it's convenient and it's practical and it gives accurate enough readings. So right.
0: okay well last of all I like that shirt you're wearing. Can we see it? Yes. Bam!
1: Did you get it? Hello. I
0: think I have one too well, yeah. and well that's right. yes that's right you are well and limitless so mm-hmm. you can have a diagnosis a bad one a semi bad one whatever it is and you can still be limitless in this world because yeah. it's run. not slowing you down you just gotta adapt that's so true you gotta adapt well Brie thank you so much for agreeing to share your story with us I hope any everybody who's listening can take away something and if it's you out there that has some kind of diagnosis that you're dealing with, do your research, find you a really good doctor. There's no end in sight if you have to look for somebody who cares about you the way you want to care for yourself. That's true. So, thank you so much, Bri, and we will see you at the launch.
1: Of course. See you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for
0: listening to Well If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other women striving to be well to find a show. If you want to hear more from our community, you can follow on Instagram at WellBlackSys and check out the website at WellBlackSys.com to find out what exciting meetup we have next. You can also sign up for the WellBlackSys newsletter to make sure you don't miss out on future WellBlackSys updates. Talk to you soon.